Hello and welcome to Grazia Life Advice, Grazia's podcast. I'm Rhiannon and each week I interview women worth listening to and get them to pass on the six best piece of advice they've ever been given and the worst piece too. However, this week we have our first ever male guests. Earlier this summer we were given the opportunity to interview the cast of Netflix smash hit Queer Eye. Since they burst into our lives at the beginning of 2018, they've won fans and awards worldwide with their kindness and warmth. Working as a team, they rebooted the Naughties makeover show and helped people by transforming a different aspect of their lives. For this special episode, we recorded each of the guys, Tan, Karamo, Bobby, Anthony and Jonathan, separately, getting them to share the best and worst piece of advice they've ever been given. We kicked off with Doncaster-born Tan France, who was responsible for making over the wardrobes of those they meet and was returning to the UK for the first time since the show had become such a huge success. Over to Tan. Can you think, is there a best piece of advice in your life that's kind of... Yeah, easy. What? I got it. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, it was from my granddad. Uh, we, he owned a, a factory, a denim factory, and uh, and I was young, I was really young, but I remember him very distinctly saying, uh, um, learn something, so I don't know why I can't think of it, I, I, I remember it perfectly well. Um, learn everything, do everything. In his factory, um, he didn't know how to sew before he started this factory. I don't know why he decided to start, <laughs> but he made sure that he learned everything from everybody he hired and he physically did it. Yeah. And so if ever something went wrong, if ever he got a new employee, if ever they all quit, he knew how to do it all. Uh, and I mean, he did it for a sly reason. If somebody took forever doing something, he would say, I've done that. I know that takes three minutes. Why is that taking you 20? that makes no sense let me show you why or what you're doing wrong um, and I've taken that into my businesses I had um, apparel businesses up until uh, just before I, I got the show um, and I knew every aspect of my business and I think the reason why it became successful enough for me to retire at 33 was because I learned it all and I fucking did it all yeah yeah and do you carry that into other aspects of your life? Do you feel like it's good to have a bit of knowledge about everything yeah. so you're prepared? Yeah, always? I'd never been on a show before. This is, I'd never even tried out for anything in, in show business. Um, and so this was uh, the first time I was doing this and I cried every day for the first three weeks with no. my husband on Skype thinking, I'm gonna get fired, I'm terrible at this oh job. Just because it's so nerve wracking because you've got all these cameras around. And I, uh, the, I went and spoke to the creator of the show saying, if you gonna fire me fire me I won't sue you if you don't sue me and they were like no you're amazing I just I just didn't have the confidence I yeah. thought I must be I must suck at this um but after that day I just thought I'm gonna do what I always do I'm gonna find out what what the heck everybody's doing on that set and learn why they're doing that thing and what that does for me like when they're zooming in what do I look like when they're doing it from that angle what do I look like when that sound guy is doing that wh what do I need to do how do I need to, pro to project what is everybody doing on that set so I feel more comfortable and confident um and then I just I, then I don't feel like they're just a bunch of lucky lose they're actually really doing something to make sure that this is an amazing show so I did um and that's what made me feel so much better and more confident and now I can walk onto any set any interview and feel bloody great about it that's amazing and all from your granddad as well. all from my granddad little old granddad <laughs> do you have a piece of advice a worst piece of advice that you can remember being told yeah oh <laughs> yeah don't cross your legs 
boys don't do that. Right, okay. Um, I don't know if that's the kind of advice you were thinking, but that's what the one I'm going to give you. Yeah. Um, I'm seven or eight, and I remember being my legs being slapped, saying, stop crossing your legs. Um, that's what that's what girls do, or that's what puffs do. Oh. And I remember thinking, I really feel comfortable crossing my legs, thanks. Yeah. Um, so I stopped for years and years and years, until the last year or so, uh, when I met Jonathan Van Ness. Um, and he was so unabashedly himself, I was like, Fuck this. If I want to cross my legs, I'm going to cross my fucking legs. Just the last year or something? Yeah. Yeah. It stayed with you that much? Yeah, it really did. I would always sit like this because I thought, oh, uh, people are going to think he's too effeminate if he's crossing his legs, obviously if he's doing this or that, or if he's saying this or that, or if he's doing this with his hands. And me and Anthony both say the same thing. Jonathan Van Ness has changed the way we behave so drastically within just a year. He's so himself in every situation, whether you like it or not, he's gonna be himself. And it's it's not like I've made a conscious effort to be more like him. It just naturally has happened where I'm letting my guard down. I think I don't care if somebody sees me and thinks, that's a bit poncy, why is he sitting like that? If I feel comfortable, I feel comfortable. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love this idea that you're all being like a little bit made over by each other as well. (laughs) I know. It's true. Honestly, we learn something every day about how we can improve ourselves on the show. It's not just that they're learning something. Thanks. And can I ask, is it crazy coming back to the UK? Like, I mean, such a big show. Everyone in my office was so excited that, you know, we're speaking to you guys. It's so weird. It's amazing. So uh, the other boys... I'm sure they're having a fine trip. They're having a fine trip. <laughs> but they don't know anybody that we're interviewing, uh, that, that, who, who are interviewing us. They don't know any of the publications here. Um, like we've met some people that we would be obsessed with um, because we've seen them since we were kids on TV. And these guys are like, hi, nice to meet you. My name's blah, blah, blah. What's your name? And so for them, it's not fascinating. For me, the last time I came here was almost a year ago. And I was just regular ten. And I've come home to France, and it feels just amazing. Yeah. The, they, uh, one of the um, PR people, on the first day, I had a solo day. They all got in a day after me. So my first day was solo press day. And about an hour or two in, and it was early, and I hadn't slept at all because of the jet lag. They said, are you, are you doing okay? And I was like, yeah, why? Did I say something wrong? And they're like, did you take something this morning? Like a, like a load of Red Bull? <laughs> they were like, you are giddy as far and I was like I'm just on fucking cloud nine yeah. to be home the sun was out the, the, I, the last four years I've been home I come home once a year when I come home uh, to England it's always raining this is the first time in four years I've seen the sun in England and there's no better place on earth to be than London in the summer or London on a sunny day um, and so yeah I've, I've been in the best mood I'm speaking to fucking grass here. Yeah. Like, if you had told me this six months ago, I'm like, shut up, you idiot. Of course I'm not going to be doing here. Yeah. For me, it's wicked. Yeah. I, I'm obsessed with how things are going this week. And me and Ant went out last night. Um, so Karamo and Bobby, they they drink. Anthony and I don't. Um, so we went out for dinner. Those guys went out to a, a club or a bar or something. Um, and so we uh, we walked home after... Uh, sorry, home, to the hotel. I've started calling hotels homes. So I've lived out of the hotel for six months. And we walked back and the reaction was insane. We tried to walk to the restaurant. It was daylight. And within two minutes, we were like, get the fucking a taxi. Like, this is insane. Um, because we had a reservation. We, we had to walk 20 minutes there was no way we were going to make it within an hour we were getting stopped so often 
Then we thought we'll try again in the dark. I had a really loud jacket on that had love hearts on it and I took that off. Um, so I just had a black t-shirt on. He took his jacket off so we looked just a lot plainer. Um, but still, it was it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. It's it, funny because you're walking down the street and you just hear these audible <gasps> like, gasps as you're walking down the street. Like, okay, all right, let's just get through this. Let's get let's get back to the hotel. It's lovely though. People are so sweet. The reaction from the Brits has been amazing. Wonderful to speak to Tan. I then got to speak to Queer Eyes culture coach, Karamo Brown, who in practice is really a confidence and life guru, as well as being the oldest member of the group and a father. So we're asking people what the best piece of advice they've ever had in their life Mm -hmm. and what the worst piece of advice is. Is there anything you can think of where someone has told you something and it's stayed with you or helped you at a certain time of your life? Um... I mean, I, my granny gives me a ton of advice. Um, yeah. I, you know, the model that I live by is never be afraid of growing slowly, only of standing still. Okay. Never be afraid of growing slowly, only of standing still. And I think that's really important yeah. because a lot of times, especially in our youth-obsessed culture, we feel like if I haven't gotten a certain job by a certain age, or if I haven't gotten married or had kids by a certain age, or I have, if I haven't done X, Y, Z by a certain age, then I am a failure. And we have people around us putting those societal pressures on us, mm-hmm. making us feel bad. And I realized a while ago that my journey is my journey. Mm-hmm. And you can't rush my journey. You know, just because you did something at a certain age does not mean that I have to do it. And so as long as I'm constantly moving towards my best self, Mm -hmm. whether it's slow or fast, it's not for you to judge. As long as I'm not standing still, that's all that's important. That's wonderful. And I guess this show has come later in life for you than some people might find. Yeah, I'm the oldest on the cast. And so, you know, when comparison, like when we started, Jonathan was still in his 20s. And here I am in my, I'm 37, going to be 38 this year. And um, I'm like, I'm here, a dad, kids, have this whole other career as a social worker and a psychotherapist. And now I'm like, I'm giving it all up to live my dreams. And, you know, a lot of people I know are like, I'm older, I can't do that. You know, how, how could you have just given up when you have a mortgage and kids that depend on you? And I was just like, it's never too late. Like, I, I started three years ago, slowly taking small steps, and people were like, don't do it. I mean, literally, my, my oldest sister told me that I was foolish for leaving my job to pursue a career in television. Now, when she's meeting Halle Berry, she doesn't say that. Um, You know, she doesn't say that anymore. But then, because she had been told those things, and people had told her she can't live her dream, that she can't go over things, she was trying to put that onto me. Um, So, yeah. Fantastic. Is there a worse piece of advice? It could be as simple as... Yeah, my sister telling me my sister telling me not to go into television yeah, because, yeah. you know... How often do you throw that back at her? I never do. I never do. I never do. Uh, yeah, I don't. Because the thing is, I know that that was somebody else putting their fears on her. And yeah. so, you know, I, I try to be have perspective to realize that, you know, that saying hurt people hurt people is real. You know, when people are saying negative things to you, it's because somebody hurt them mm-hmm. and they think this is the best way to show you what they felt. Yeah. And a lot of times it's unconscious and we all do it. You know, we have a friend who's like, oh, I don't like your hair. Mm-hmm. It's not constructive. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's not solicited. And so you think to yourself, why do you do that? And we, if you go back and really be introspective, you realize at some point in your life, 
someone used to say little naggy comments to you like that. Mm -hmm. So now you feel empowered to say that to someone else. Yeah. That's so, so that's why I don't throw it back at her. I love that. Yeah, you that's, just got it right now. That's but. Funny. <laughs> can you believe how big the show is? And oh my gosh, you just said Jonathan's catchphrase. Um, really? Yes, can you really? Um, no, I can't. I'm honestly continuously humbled by it. I share this, and other guys will tell you, and I, I often find myself taking moments to like just stand back, like I did it yesterday. Um, just to take it all in, mm. and I get emotional, I start crying. Because, you know, I, I'm aware that I'm truly blessed right now to be in London, living my dreams, on a hit show with four guys that I truly love, having fun. That, that's not something that happens to everyone. And a lot of times you can go so fast in life that you forget to step back and realize like, oh, I'm living it, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so I always try to encourage people in the moment to realize that you might have asked for something and when you get it, mm -hmm. take a moment to realize you've gotten it and enjoy it. That's wonderful. And I guess the thing that I think appeals you just touched on is how close you five are. Yes. I mean, it's crazy. Can you believe that these guys weren't in your life and now you're so close? No. I literally cannot because I think to myself, what the hell was I doing before I had these guys? Like, and I have friends, like a lot of best friends, but it's funny that we all bring something to each other that is, I, I didn't realize was missing in all of our lives. And I hope the other guys would agree. I know they would because we've talked Tam about it. Said the exact oh, okay. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Like, I never realized that I needed this reflection, you know, from these guys. Um, and vice versa, I give them something as well. And I just think it's really special. Really could have talked to Karamo all day. Bobby Burke, the show's interior designer, was up next. The best thing to happen to interior design since Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. He talked about the perseverance that has seen him get where he is today. Is there anything in your life that you remember that someone told you? that has helped you along the way? Hmm. Um, to never take no for an answer. Really? It's kind of my mantra. Yeah. Yeah, my assistant always says he's going to have it engraved on my tombstone. <laughs> Does not take no for an answer. <laughs> is that like, and is that, is that how you think you got to where you are Oh, today? absolutely. Yeah. You know, because everyone always starts out with no. Mm -hmm. um, I was in, in Germany. Um... They always start out with no. Actually, they start out with not possible. And, you know, you'll ask a question. No, 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 not possible. So then you'll, you'll ask it in a different way. And they're like, hmm, well. And then you'll ask it in a different way. Well, maybe. And then you'll ask it in another way. Yes, we can do that. <laughs> I'm like, it was the exact same thing I asked, but I just kept putting it. And then, you know, so you just you have to be persistent. And if people don't respond to you the first way you ask it, you know, rethink it, you know, reposition the question, put it in a different way and, you know, don't take no for an answer. Did you hear no's a lot on your journey? Oh, absolutely. Every day. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been out on my own since I was 15 and I was always that young kid trying to make it in the adult world. So I was told no a lot, mm. you know, and so it just kept you, asking. And do you think it feels better when that door finally opens if you've had to ask so many oh, times? Oh yeah, I mean if you're just given things you don't appreciate them as much as you do when you have to fight for them. Do you have a lot of people around you that that you rely on to speak to or 
is it more about yourself? Do you listen to yourself more? I try to listen to myself more, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, my, my husband gives me good advice. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been together for 14 years. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, for for many years of my young adult life, I didn't have the support system of my family anymore. After I came out, you know, we mm-hmm. didn't speak for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, I had to rely on my, my inner voice a lot. Yeah. My inner voices, all those voices in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bad, bad advice. Did anybody ever tell you, like, not to come out or not to be yourself? Um, you know, I actually had a lot of people try to give me business advice really? that in the end, because they, their advice was based on what they had learned in school, mm-hmm. you know, and following the, the rules of business. Okay. And to me, I think one of the reasons why I was successful in business is because I didn't have that formal education that, you know, those those voices and those professors and those books telling me this is the way you do it, this is the way you don't do it. Mm-hmm. I just did it the way I thought it would work. Mm-hmm. And it usually worked. So I think some of the bad advice people gave me was just following, you know, the normal rules of business and I refused to. And sometimes I would listen to them and it wouldn't work out. So just following your gut, I think, works better than following a book. And I think what I find has been interesting, obviously despite the title of the show, it's not really about your guys' sexuality. Not at all. And while you might yeah. have expected that that in America especially might have been some resistance. Right. Is that is that heartwarming to you that you know, honestly, there still is a bit of resistance when it comes to the um, the name. Um, you know, to me, we're just five guys that are experts in our field who then, you know, maybe down here, we just happen to be gay. Yeah. You know, but there still are. I was on um, I was on the phone with a very large telecom company just about my account one day. And they were like, oh, just so you know, with your account, you get a free Netflix subscription. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's great. I'm like, I- I'm-, I'm actually on Netflix. And she's like, oh, you have it on right now? I was like, no, 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 no I'm-, I'm on Netflix. And she's like, oh, well, what do you mean? I'm like, I-, I have a show on Netflix. She's like, well, what's it called? I'm like, Queer Eye. She's like, excuse me? And I was like, Queer Eye. And she got really quiet. And I was like, so I then went in and I, I explained to her the premise of the show and I talked about some episodes and she was like, I cannot wait to get home and watch this. Wow. And I go, I have to say, I could tell when I told you the name of the show, you were you didn't respond well to it. She's like, yeah, I, I have to be honest. She's like, I heard the queer eye. And she's like, Ooh, what's, the, oh, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. You know, not realizing what the show was about. She just kind of made a snap judgment based on, you know, the fact that it was called queer. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I don't want to watch that. That's not for me. But once she figured out what the show was about, she's like, this sounds wonderful. And I actually spoke to her again a few weeks later. And she's like, I watched the show and it's so great. I've told all my friends about it. Mm-hmm. So there, there is still a bit of a stigma, yeah. you know. And that's why if you notice, I don't know if over here in the UK, but in America on Netflix now it says Queer Eye. And then under it, it says more than a makeover show. Okay. So it's kind of letting people know what it's about instead yeah. of just thinking that it's a gay show. It's not a gay show, yeah. you know. On a show full of such incredibly groomed men, it's hard to be the standout heartthrob, but arguably Anthony Porofsky fills that role. He's the food specialist on the show, but we swerved asking him about avocados this time. And he first told us about the worst piece of advice he was ever been given. We're asking great peoples, and we thought we couldn't pass up the opportunity of asking you guys what the best piece of advice you've ever been given and what the worst piece of advice you've ever been given is. I think the worst piece of advice that I was ever given, I'm not going to say by who, yeah. but it was do everything. 
every job, every opportunity that comes about. I think that there's something to be said for curating one's career mm-hmm. and trying to be smart about the type of things that, you know, um, <clears throat> I think that's sort of like, it's it's an obvious statement, but like, I don't know, just like notoriety, money and fame and all that kind of stuff is, it's such a 1% of the 1% of the 1% that get to experience it. But when you realize sort of like the price that that comes with and the relationships that can suffer in the process mm-hmm. and the people that get neglected in, in the meantime, like in a year I was able, I've been able to experience that. And that's, that's like a big life lesson. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to look back on my career and be like, oh, I'm really proud of, like, the stuff that I did and not look back and, like, see a lime green suit where I'm like, oh, why did I do that? You guys must get offered everything, every day, so much. So it must be tough for you to pick the good things from the back. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant in terms of, like, gifties and I mean, stuff that like too, that. I mean, I guess. <laughs> I arrived in London and I had, like, presents in the room. It's so crazy. Like, it's Christmas. Uh, <laughs> London are big fans. They really are, and people are so sweet. But they're actually—it's um, a diff. They're—I don't want to hate on Americans right now, but they're more. Res- they're a lot of them are very. I'll just say that they're very respectful, mm-hmm. and they do what we call a drive-by. So, like, if I'm walking down the street, it's just sort of like, "Love you, love the show." They don't come up and feel the need to like have a full conversation and a, a full interaction. They just want to like express their gratitude and appreciation, which I really like Mm. or if they want a photo they'll just be like I'm really sorry can we take a photo but don't stop walking we'll just take a quick selfie I'm like I love that I still get to go to my next appointment which I'm already 15 minutes late for um so it's uh it's nice they're they're very kind and energetic and the outdoor bar scene is really big here so they're like a rambunctious bunch and I love rambunctious so I love that word as well yeah it's a great word yeah and best piece of advice you've ever been given um by oh I just thought about my dad um be humble and was that from your dad Mm -hmm. and how has that served you how do you think that's helped you um it just allows me to like remember how lucky i am and just to like remember about like the things that actually matter yeah i'm sorry i've upset no you haven't upset me I'm, i'm a very emotional person yeah um but it's like it's it's pure like joy it's just i think it's such a nice reminder Mm-hmm. And it just speaks to the type of person that he is and the way that he was raised. Um, he got to experience. He came to visit me in New York this past weekend. And I haven't seen him in six months. And when I saw him last time, it's always on like little family trips. And like we go to like a tiny little island or we go to like our chalet up in Vermont. Like everything is very sort of secluded and closed off from the world. Mm-hmm. And for him to be like out in public and experience what that's like, I think was like very new and kind of like really bizarre for him. Mm-hmm. Um but he was like really excited and just kind of very proud. And that's something that he vocalized for the first time in my 34 years of life. And like, just to have your dad be proud of something that you do. I wasn't always close to him growing up and now we have a really nice relationship. So for him to see that and recognize that and see that like, I've actually like worked towards something and it's like for it to like somewhat come to fruition or at least begin to um, is really, it's a nice, it's kind of like a nice, it's a nice like full circle moment. Mm. And it's a wonderful lesson, especially in the situation you're now in, you know, because not everybody stays humble when they reach. You guys have reached a wonderful level of fame quickly. Yeah. Sorry, what's the word that you use? Astronomical. Astronomical. Oh, my gosh. Um, I love that (laughs) word. Um, It's you know what? And it's like I have I have moments where 
certainly where like I get I always try to I feel uncomfortable with um, like especially like gifts and presents when you get like showered with things it's really nice because it's like who doesn't enjoy Christmas or Hanukkah or <laughs> whatever um, but it's it, there also is a little moment of like oh my gosh like it's like this discomfort that kind of comes with it that I kind of hope I always have but I just yeah I think I feel like I try to be hopefully my Canadian sensibility is going to stay with me uh, for most of my life but it's like I, I never want to become that person because I've also seen people change and I've had friends who are public that I've met like sort of like during their process mm-hmm. and it's it, it is interesting sort of like the the personality facets that tend to come out so I think I just it's important just to like keep checking it in just to really stay as close as I can to people who have been there for a really long time mm-hmm. um, and I have a really good therapist <laughs> um, and just like yeah just constantly staying connected to things that matter and like for me I do that with like the music that I listen to and like books that I read that just sort of like keep me grounded and sometimes it's about escaping and sometimes it's about getting closer to 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 how I feel Mm -hmm. and to my feelings Mm -hmm. and to know that this is like a very I recognize that my life has been running on adrenaline for approximately a year now and that when you're running on adrenaline it's such a powerful thing that I can't trust all of my feelings like part of me sometimes will like want to escape or just like be alone and that's actually when I really need to reach out to somebody or like speak to a friend or my boyfriend or my father or whoever it is um, and just to like connect with another human and be like okay like I need to know about like when I speak to Rima she tells me about some of the awful things that she's dealing with in pregnancy Um, and she's very graphic with that and I like love to hear about her day about like what it's like to walk around with this like massive belly and um, just hear about real thing real shit um, and her job and her work. So it's, um, yeah. Fantastic. Can I ask finally, has there been anybody who's told you that they absolutely love the show that you've been super excited about or surprised by? Yes. Um, Tan and I had this discussion right before the show came out. And we were like, if there's one person you want to like see the show, like who would it be? Um, and we both agreed. Uh, Tina Fey. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but yes, I love her. I saw that you met. I saw a picture you met her. I'm like I love Thirty Rock so much. I've seen the entire series like somewhere between five and seven times. <laughs> I think she's genius. She's brilliant. She's like she has a halo above her head at all times in my mind. And um, and so she uh, she hosted Saturday Night Live, and uh, you should actually watch. She was on Jimmy Fallon, I believe, right before, like two days before, and she was talking about like her dream skits, and like mentioned my name on the interview. And I I don't I'm pretty good at detaching myself from that stuff or not taking it on, yeah. um, but just to be like, oh my god, she knows who I am. And my boyfriend <laughs> sent it to me, and he's like, I need you to calm down and stay cool. But um, like you need to watch this video yeah. and like scroll to two minutes of it, and then we got to meet her. And she told us that she watches the sh- watched the entire series with her best friend while she was visiting her in Philly with all of their kids together. And like that's what really gets to me is like when I hear that families watch the show together, that it's so that it just there's that inclusivity and in the fact that people can enjoy it. It's not just for a, a certain type of person. Yeah. That like kindness is universal. And Absolutely. I hope that we get to continue doing that. So 
it's Tina Fey. <laughs> it's like, I, we weren't cool at all when yeah. she met us. I think that that's cool. That Tan jumped cool. for the photo op right away, but like, you can't be cool with her. She's just, <laughs> and she's walking around with the cast of Mean Girls, the musical that she has sure, now out yeah, on yeah. Broadway. And they love the show as well. So I really want to go, I really want to go check it out. I will say when 30 Rock stopped airing, I bought a Bossy Pence, the audiobook, and my boyfriend and I would listen to it on repeat just to hear her voice at night. Because she's so good. Yeah. Sadly, the show's grooming expert, Jonathan Van Ness, didn't make it to London for work reasons when we met the rest of the guys. First hitting our YouTube screens, creating web series Gay of Thrones, he's fast become a fan favourite on Queer Eye, so we couldn't resist grabbing him, even if it was on the phone. The best piece of advice um, would be... I mean, this isn't, like, not from, I can't, no one person told me this, I think people have told me this my whole life um, in different situations, but, like, just to keep going. Yeah. Like, they're, like, you literally just have to keep going. Mm. Um, and that that's really, like, what your success is based on is, like, how many times, like, you get up and, like, are able to, like, put your clothes on and, like, leave your house again. Mm. Um, it's it's not It's not about, like, a like a validation through like social or a TV show or whatever. Like it's you, you get the validation from social and, and, and getting, you get validation and success by keep going. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to keep going. Mm-hmm. So whatever you're passionate about, if you, if you don't know what you're passionate about, like figure it out, like what, what you love to do. And then you just have to keep going. Mm-hmm. And, and at and, times um, when you have, I think that's, that's the thing. Are there times when you had to Sorry, do that and, and pick yourself up and, Oh my God! Yes. Mm. Oh my God! Good. Good God! Yes. Yes. I mean, I come from like an extremely conservative town, um, and was an extremely flamboyant child, and um, and even like from you know in entertainment. I think I've I've been a hairdresser for 13 years. I've always loved to do hair. I've loved uh, hair color. I love everything about being in a salon. But once I started doing Game of Thrones, I was like, Oh my God! I, I love to create content. I love to make people laugh. I love to entertain. I love to. Um, there's this like whole other side of my career that I didn't know that I could do or could be a part of. And, and whilst I loved doing hair that whole time, I think, you know, entertainment is a, is a different industry. And I've had lots of crazy mean things said and lots of doors closed in my faces and lots of like really hideous comments. Mm-hmm. Um, and lots, you know, but also lots of love, but there's also a lot of like really difficult growing pains, like through my years of doing Gay of Thrones. Cause I mean, I was trying to get more involved in this industry for five years. Like I didn't just get here yesterday. Yeah. Um, so I, I worked really, really hard, like doing, even with Gay of Thrones and Queer Eye. Like last year, I, I, we would shoot Queer Eye like Monday through Friday, and then I would get on a plane and fly to LA and shoot Gay of Thrones. Well, actually, I would do my clients in the salon on Saturday, shoot Gay of Thrones on Sunday, and then get on a red eye and get back to Atlanta by Monday morning. Mm. Um, so like I've been working just, just grinding for a long time no matter what anyone thought of the thought of the work that I was doing, yeah. like positive or negative, I just kept going. Mm-hmm. And eventually I found a place where I, I was really found a level of appreciation that I, that is beyond like my wildest, 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 wildest dreams. Mm. And that's fantastic. And is there a worst piece of advice you remember being given? Is there anybody who has said something and in hindsight you've thought, no. Yeah, I hate to call I hate to call my dad out, but yeah, my my one time um like 
like there was I had like a really when my stepdad my stepdad passed away in 2012 and my and he was kind of the glue that held my family together my family had to it was interesting because my dad and my stepdad ended up becoming like very good friends mm. and so um and, and when my stepdad passed I was in 2012 I was like so depressed and and uh things were so bleak my dad had said to me you know I think you should move home like, I think you just need to move home to your hometown, and I, I just, maybe it's, like, too hard. I just, he basically said, you know, I think it's, like, so hard. I think you should essentially, like, give up. But he didn't say give up. He said move home. But move home yeah. to me meant give up. Um, and I was, like, I was, like, got it. Like, noted. I, good idea, Dad. And I, uh, I took out, like, a gorgeous loan with, like, horrific interest and, like, packed up my Kia Rio and, like, went back to California as fast as that Kia Rio would drive me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the best decision I ever made because that was, you know, I, I didn't give up in that moment. And, and so I think any time that someone, if you're chasing a dream and someone says, like, it's too hard, um, don't miss it. <laughs> don't miss it. You just got to keep going. But also, too, let me just say, but, but let me just say in that note, I'm obsessed with my dad. He's so sweet. He's, like, such a sweet man. He just, like, wanted me to be, like, uh, you know, happy. So he, so yeah, but my dad's a very lovely man. Thank you so much to Tan, Karamo, Bobby, Anthony and Jonathan, all the Queer Eye guys who were so open and passed on such great advice. We'll be back to our usual format next week, but we hope you agree that it was worth letting the guys on for once. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please do subscribe, rate us, review us. It really helps. We look forward to seeing you next week for more advice from people worth listening to.